Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe, and welcome to the soundtrack to a life. back to the soundtrack to a life. We are doing part two of our 2018 in review special. In part one, two weeks ago, we got autobiographical with it. We talked about concerts that I went to over the course of the year and experiences that I've had. And now for part two, we're going to be doing a countdown of the 20 best albums of 2018, as chosen very specifically by me and only me. Your favorite records of 2018 are probably very different from mine, and that is because everyone's experience with art is different and entirely subjective, but these ones are mine. They are the 20 albums that have, for one reason or the other, moved and changed me and affected the way that I ran my life over the course of 2018. And if you're interested in that, give it a listen. And now, without further ado, the top 20 albums of 2018 as chosen by Christopher Monroe. At number 20, Bjork put out a record this year called Utopia. Bjork is one of the most unique, important artists of my lifetime. She's never put out a bad record. This record was obviously going to be good. She is the kind of performer that when she announces something, it feels like a friend who I haven't seen in a couple of years has told me that they'll be in town. And I am always grateful to hear from her, and the work that she does always justifies that. And you should listen to it. And if you don't like Bjork, you're wrong. Bjork is very good. You should like her. At number 19, Kylie Minogue put out a record this year called Golden. One of my favorite things about Kylie is that she pretends that each new album is a departure into entirely new territory, to the point that it's gotten very amusing personally to me every time she does it. She announces in the press, I'm finally in control of my career, and I can finally, I'm just kidding, it's a disco record. Or, I've hired members of the Manic Street Preachers to co-write, and I'm ready to release an indie-inspired, I'm just kidding, it's a disco record. Or, it's time to make an album to celebrate the 21st century, boldly moving forward into, I'm just kidding, it's a disco record. Or, I've survived cancer, and it's time to look deep inward, and really get introspective with, I'm just kidding, it's a disco record. And this time, as she was doing interviews and press surrounding Golden. She was claiming that the album was country western inspired, and I can kind of hear that, but mostly it's a disco record. And conveniently, that is something that Kylie does incredibly well and is incredibly charming doing. And it's very of a piece in terms of quality. 
with 21st century Kylie. Her one previous to this, I didn't care for as much as I had wanted to, but previous to that, she maintained a very high level of quality control, and this is kind of a return to that. It is a Kylie record. It is excellent. I don't think Kylie's at a point in her career where she's winning new fans anymore, but the people who like her already will enjoy this very much. It is a very brisk, very fun listen with a lot of energy and a lot of charisma from the performer. Go listen to it, except that if you like Kylie, you probably already have listened to it. So if you want a disco record, you should buy this disco record. At number 18, Muse put out a record this year called Simulation Theory. And I had read somewhere that they weren't going to put out albums going forward, that they were going to do the occasional one-off single and be a touring band. And I was really disappointed to hear that because Muse is one of the weirdest, highest concept bands working today. And I love them for that. They have this strange, every record is a science fiction movie energy to them. And even when the album that they release is bloated or kind of a mess, guitar music is richer and more full for their presence within it. And I was very pleased to hear this record. And I'm very pleased with how it sounded. I don't think they're coming to Calgary, so I may have to organize a road trip to go see them somewhere. I'm told they kill it live. Welcome back, I guess, to Muse. Music has missed them. At number 17, the Arctic Monkeys put on a record this year, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. I'm given to understand that it was kind of polarizing among fans of the band, which I get because it doesn't sound as Arctic Monkeys-y as you would expect if you had listened to their previous records. It's a lot lower energy. Like it's a really, it's the Arctic Monkeys doing a record of chill out music, which if you go into it expecting what they've done in the past, I could see why you would be disappointed in. But listening to it for what it is, I thought it was terrific. Like it's a really expertly executed, well-written, well-performed record that happens to be a little bit more chilled out than what the Arctic Monkeys had done. I like it a lot. If you told me that you didn't like it, I get it. But I was super into it. At number 16, Prodigy put out a record this year called No Tourists. Okay, the Prodigy is super fratty. I get that. And I get that they haven't aged as well in terms of their content as you would ideally want them to. But they are still super good at what they do. And I still kind of love them. Prodigy gets me really pumped up every time that they're playing. And if you ever want to see a room full of dudes in their late 30s or early 40s get turned up, put on a Prodigy record and watch them lose their minds. Prodigy gets me ready to beat the shit out of my day. And I am grateful that they are still out there doing what they do and doing it well. At number 15, 
Andrew WK put out a record this year, You're Not Alone, which is a great album and also just a great message. The world is more terrifying than it was three or four years ago. And Andrew WK is an artist who works in the field of human connection. And as such, titling his album that works really well as a declaration of intent. Andrew WK parties very hard, and that's kind of his brand. But what Andrew WK does that is more valuable than that is connect with people and reassure people that whatever they're going through, there are other people out there doing it with them. And that has so much value, I can't even begin. Plus, it's just a really loud record of music that you want to bang your head to. The title track is the best last song on an album of any album that came out this year. It is the perfect end to an experience and the concert to go back to it. Amazing show. At number 14. I mean, it's the Cardi B record. It's Invasion of Privacy. Cardi B is my favorite pop star right now. She is the person that she is at 100%, and she apologizes to no one. She is in an age of pop centrism where everyone is changing their sound to fit better on Spotify playlists. She is unapologetically herself in a way that is incredibly appealing. Pop music is better for having her in it. She deserves all of the success that she's had, and I look forward to seeing what she does next. Her Coachella performance, I loved, uh, both in terms of it being a performance and in terms of her putting up a show so elaborate that she wound up paying, what was it, like a quarter of a million dollars over the course of two performances just to make the show everything that she wanted as a coming out party as the biggest pop star in the world. And I loved the fact that she did it at Coachella, unlike, for example, MC Hammer, who wound up going bankrupt due to an over-elaborate live show for a whole tour. Two days is the right amount of time to put on a money-losing show. She's easily, like if this was a show about singles, she'd be in my top 10 twice. She is a big, bold, outsized figure who seems designed to cast a shadow over the rest of pop. Number 13. Gaz Coombs put out a record this year, The World's Strongest Man. You don't expect a dude who's remembered for like two radio songs to make a record this good 23 years into his career, but here we are. I always thought that Supergrass was one of the more underrated bands of that Britpop era. That debut is an all-time classic. But World's Strongest Man is a supremely confident, super smooth, really masterful work that demonstrates that Gaz is the sort of performer who does not need his band and does not need that kind of rush of youth that Supergrass would sometimes lean on. It really came out of nowhere for me which is weird because I have been a fan of his in the past. And it really impressed me and it really surprised me. And 23 years in, 
The ability to genuinely surprise your fans is a rare thing indeed. So good for guess. At number 12, Superorganism put out a record this year, also called that, although it's spelt differently each way. And what they've managed to do is record a weird, loose combination of indie rock and trip hop in the style of Beck and Go Team. And that's always a weird mix that I'm a sucker for. It is really good energy music. There's a lot of positivity to it. It's the kind of music that is fun to listen to, no matter what mood you're going into with it. I had not been aware of these guys up until now. I am really glad that I'm aware of them now. I look forward to seeing what they do next. I wish them all of the best in the world because their record gave me a lot of joy in this life, which feels like that is what they were trying to do. So good. At number 11, Tracy Thorne put out an album called Record. Tracy Thorne makes electronic music you can dance to, but that's also sad somehow. And previous to that, she made jazz pop that was also sad somehow. Everything But The Girl didn't get enough credit as a pop band. They're only really remembered for one or two songs, and they had a much deeper catalog. Tracy Thorne's whole discography deserves a lot more credit than it gets. If you go back and listen to all of it, there are no wrong answers. She is one of the most underrated talents in pop today, but also any other day. I could have said she is one of the most underrated talents in pop in 1985, and it still would have been true. I could have said she was one of the most underrated talents in pop while Missing was one of the biggest hits in the world, and it would still be true. She deserves a lot more credit than she gets. She has a really evocative tone, and she is firing on all cylinders on this album in a way that I was very impressed by. At number 10, James put out a record this year, Living in Extraordinary Times. James is one of the most underrated Manchester bands of the late 80s and early 90s. There are no bad choices in their catalog. They're just really consistent and good and uplifting, and you can trust them to deliver every time. And this record is no different. This is another welcome back type moment out of the year. There have been a lot of those, in part because guitar music has a lot of bands later in their careers doing some of the best work of their lives, partly because I'm getting to the age where that is what I'm looking for. But Living in Extraordinary Times was an absolute joy to listen to, and I am so glad that it came out. At number nine, Johnny Marr put out a record this year called Call the Comet. Johnny Marr is the greatest guitar player of the 1980s. And unless you're Prince, shut up. No one else competes. And this is the record that his fans have been waiting for him to release since 1989. And it is absolutely gorgeous. It is the sound of a man falling effortlessly into a sound that he has spent his life building 
and knows better than probably anyone else in the world. And it is masterfully presented here. At number eight, Franz Ferdinand put out a record this year, Always Ascending. And this is what Franz Ferdinand sounds like once they no longer have to worry about ever being on the radio again. And I think the look really suits them. A lot of people dropped off Franz Ferdinand after their second record, which I think is a mistake. They have consistently put together really great, sharp, angular, interesting work. And people who think that they get it based on their first record or two are really missing out. And this is another album in line with that. I think it's not a return to form because I loved their last one as well, but I think it's a real burst of energy into their catalog that they probably need right now and that I very much appreciated while I was listening to it. And Lois Lane is one of my favorite songs of the year. So that helped. At number seven, LP put out a record this year, Heart to Mouth. And I actually put off recording my year-end until after it had come out because I am such a fan of LP. I knew that their new record was going to be pretty high up on my end of year list and wanted to wait until it had come out in order to be able to include it. And it did not disappoint in any way. LP is one of the most interesting voices in pop right now, both in terms of the sort of music that they make and in terms of their actual voice. Uh, there is a grittiness to it and a huskiness that is really appealing. And not enough pop artists make blues music in 2018. And this record is a really great example of how to do that really well. At number six, Neil and Liam Finn made a record this year, uh, Light Sleeper. And yeah, Neil Finn made one of my favorite records of the year two years in a row as he entered into his 60s. Uh, which is no surprise, he's never made a record that wasn't one of my favorites of the year. The dude is a genius. I'm really pleased that he's recently got back into making music full-time again. I really find it fascinating the amount that he works with members of his immediate family. This is a record that he put out with his son. He's done records with his brother, obviously. He's done records with his wife. He is currently touring as a member of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Neil Finn loves to work. He is one of the most gifted songwriters of the 20th and now of the 21st century. And this is another classic entry into his canon that any fan should go and find. At number five, David Byrne put out a record this year, American Utopia. David Byrne is one of the weirdest, most unique talents in music. This is the best solo work he has ever done. This is better work than the last, I want to say, three Talking Heads records. I don't know what lit a fire under David Byrne, 
but this is a relentlessly listenable slice of art pop from an artist that I really genuinely did not believe had this in him at this stage of his career. And I could not be more thrilled to be proven wrong. The concert that I saw was one of the weirdest shows that I've ever seen all year. He is a super weird dude who is following his own muse. And this particular time, his muse has not led him wrong. This is a gorgeous record. I love it. I cannot say enough nice things about it. At number four, Christine and the Queens put out a record this year called Chris. Sometimes you gotta put on a queer French disco record. This is the best one that has ever been made. If a hundred thousand of you wanted to go out there to local stores and purchase this on vinyl so that Christine and the Queens tour Canada and play a show in Calgary, I would appreciate that a lot. There is so much going on here. It takes several listens to unpack it all, but also it is such an easy song to listen to several times. And $5 is one of the best pop singles that has ever been come out. I am real mad that it has not been all over the radio, but I'm aware that I'm not in charge of what pop singles get on the radio anymore. So I guess I just have to live with it. But still, seek this out. You deserve this. At number three, Manic Street Preachers put out a record this year called Resistance is Futile. Their mission statement was that in ugly times, creating beauty becomes a revolutionary act. And they more than lived up to that. This record is huge and relentless. It is music that is meant to fill a room and take up real estate inside of your head and demand your attention, whether you're listening to it at all. It's their best record since Everything Must Go. It might be their best record since the Holy Bible. It is, again, a record that I did not think Manic Street Preachers were still capable of making and that I'm thrilled to be proved wrong on. It is phenomenal. At number two, Suede put out a record this year called The Blue Hour. My relationship with this band is very long. It's another one that I have to sit down with someone and talk to about on this show, I think, if you ever want to get together and talk about Suede and you're in Calgary, let me know. But this record is so big and so dark and so perfect for the year that has gone by. And I love it. It is Suede's best record since Dogman Star. It is a symphonic goth record, and that is a genre that I didn't realize needed to exist until I heard it. I don't think they would call themselves that. I'm going to call them that. And I had it on repeat for several weeks as I reacquainted myself with a band that I will never not have time for.
and the number one best album of 2018. Yeah, no, it's Janelle Monet. I mean, like, why not? I'm a fandroid. What do you want? How do I even begin? The movie was incredible. Look it up on YouTube. The record is beautiful and sprightly and detail-oriented and really focused, but really eclectic. Crazy Classic Life is one of the most perfect pop songs that have ever been. This is an artist at the peak of her powers doing her best work and finally breaking into the sort of audience that she's always deserved. I did go back and listen to the rest of her catalog shortly after this came out. It is also great, but this record is one that came out and it never left my phone. There was not a week in 2018 between when Dirty Computer was released and now that I haven't listened to at least one song on it. It is one of the most interesting records released by one of the most important pop stars of the year. I'm sure most of you have heard it already and that you're not learning anything new from me, but I want to add my voice to the sound of the crowd on how fucking good this record is. It got nominated for a Grammy. As I'm recording this, it deserves several. She deserves to EGOT. I love this record. And yeah, that's the soundtrack to a life. Top 20 albums of 2018. You should listen to all of them. My taste is impeccable. Or if you feel like my taste is peckable, peck it. Listen to all of them and then tell me the one that you didn't think uh, deserved to be there. Comment on this post with what your favorite record of 2018 is. I'm very interested in hearing your opinions. This is a show about music opinions, so clearly I have a greater than average appetite for that sort of thing. Follow along with us on Facebook and Twitter at SoundtrackCast. We are at SoundtrackCast.com. Like us, share us, review us. Five-star reviews are so useful in moving us up the algorithm on the various podcast catchers. You have no idea. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks uh, with, I think it's Eric. I think Eric's on next. We're going to be talking about local Calgary bands that we have enjoyed over the course of our life. And we're going to get real specific and fiddly with it. So look forward to that. It is a coming. Have a great night and we will see you soon. We don't need another ruler.